that you uh, got your kids here and have got them here all year long, and uh, they're able to sing with us this morning. Also, I'm very thankful for all the volunteers that uh, made Awana go and made KidZone go week after week. Thank you so much. KidZone, every Sunday morning, year-round, Awana during the school year. We're just so thankful for them sacrificing and giving so joyfully of their time to hang out with your kids. I'm also thankful that you are a church that sings. I enjoyed hearing you sing and worshiping with you so, so very much. If you have your Bibles with you and you'd like to open them with me, I'll be in Revelation chapter 1 this morning. And the question that I'd like to start with is this question, and that is kind of just between you and me. What are you up against this morning? So, in the present, like right now, what are you, what could stress you out? What could you be worried about right now in this present moment? Another way to put it is, like, what's out of control in your life right now that you are desperately trying to control? And it just won't, doesn't seem to come under your control. Like, you're just trying to get a hold of life, and this is what's out of control. I want to talk to you about peace for the present, whatever your present is. It might be the present that you're up against. It might be the past that you're up against. Some of you have a past that you're trying desperately to control, and it just seems like no matter how hard you try to keep it in the past, it keeps getting out of the past and coming into the present and messing with you. And what you'd love is to be able to get control of the past and keep it in the past so that you can enjoy the present and the future. I want to talk to you about grace for your past. It might not be the past, it might not be the present, it might be the future of you're wondering what to do with your life and where to go with your life and what your next steps are and what should you be living for and you're kind of looking for purpose. You know, you've heard the, the question, like if you were to die today and you're standing outside of heaven and God says to you, why should I let you into my heaven? And the question is, what would you answer? And then you've heard the other question that is, let's say you're not going to die today. Let's say you have another 10 years. Let's say you have another 30 years. You know, I got some kids here. Let's say you have another 90 years. What are you going to do with your life for the next 90 years or 50 years or 10 years? Or year? Like, what are you going to do? With it? Where are you going? What are you trying to accomplish? What are you doing with your life? I'd like to talk to you about purpose for your future. We're doing a series in Revelation, and Revelation is written, as we'll see this morning, it's written to seven churches that were going through stuff. They were up against stuff, and we'll see what that is in a couple weeks when we go through the series on the seven churches. But what this is right now in chapter 1 is what they need to know about God so that they can face what they're up against. So I don't know what you're up against, but I know what you need to know, and that is in Revelation chapter 1. This is what we're going to see. After this, after Revelation chapter 1, we'll do a series on the seven churches, and we'll talk about how to win with what you're up against. So before we jump in, 
Let's pray. Lord, I pray that as we open your word, Lord, I pray that you would stand in front of me while I'm in front of them, that you would talk over me while I talk to them. Do this for your glory and our good. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what are you up against? Let's get answers about God from Revelation chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia. That's what I was saying is this is written to churches that are up against stuff. We'll see what that stuff is in a couple of weeks. But John, to the seven churches that are in Asia. Don't think Asia what we think today. Think Asia Minor. More on that later. Grace to you and peace. This is what we talked about. We're going to cover. Okay, I just, there we are. Coming back on the back screen there. Grace to you and peace. So it's always in this order. You receive grace. And then peace, as you see these. Grace and peace to you. This is what I said what I want to do for you. Give you grace and peace. From him who... How about I read the white words and you read the words that are circled in green. Okay? From him who is and who was and who is to come. Okay? So this is God the Father. From him who is and who was and who is to come. Present, past, and future. Now the question is, why would he start with the present and then go to the past? Wouldn't it be normal to start with the past and then go to the present and then the future? Instead, he starts with right now, then talks about the past, he was, and then he talks about the future, he is to come. It's probably because these churches were suffering so badly in the present. What they really need to know is God is saying, I am with you in your present moment. He is the God that is right now in whatever you're going through. Grace and peace to you. We'll talk about that. From him who is and who was and who is to come. From the seven spirits that are before his throne. Some people think this is code for the Holy Spirit. Some people think this is seven spirits. I'm just going to tell you. I have no idea. <laughs> I am comfortable with there being stuff going on before the throne of God that I can't comprehend. And I think that's what's going on. This is before the throne of God. He is the one that is, that was, that is to come. And before his throne, there's stuff going on that you and I can't understand yet. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. He is the great and mighty king that is, that was, that is to come, that is all-powerful. He rules over all of it. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests of God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. As he comes in judgment of those who have rejected him. I am the Alpha and the Omega. So you probably know Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. And Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. So it's like saying, I am the A... 
and I am the Z. I am the beginning, and I am the end, and I am everything in between, says the Lord. He's saying, I am in charge of all of it, every inch of it, whatever you're going through now, whatever you've been through in the past, whatever you'll go through in the future, I am in charge of all of it, says God. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God. Okay, same drill as before. I'm going to read everything else. You read the words that are circled in green. Who is and who was and who is to come. Then he sums it up with this. The Almighty. Hey, if you take one thing with you about God this morning. Here's what I want you to have. God is almighty. God is almighty. If there's one thing to remember this morning, it's that God is almighty over our present, over what we're going through right now. He is almighty. He is almighty over our past. Look, I don't know what happened. I don't know what you did. I don't know what they did. I don't know, but I know that he is almighty and that he loves you. He is the one who is. He is the one that was, and he is the one that is to come, that he is almighty. I don't know what will happen next politically. I don't know what will happen next in our nation. I don't know what will happen next with the markets. I don't know what will happen next with the economy. There's a lot of stuff. I don't know what will happen next, but I know that he is almighty. And he will make all things right. I know that. So what should we do? If God is almighty, what should we do? Well, here's the first thing. First implication that God is almighty. Number one, we could surrender. I mean, we could. So he starts with grace and peace to you from the one who is and the one who was and the one who is to come, from the seven spirits that are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. So, so look, do you sometimes worry about who controls the narrative? Do you sometimes worry about that? Who's controlling the narrative at work or Who's controlling the narrative where you go to school? Or who's controlling the narrative in your family with, as they talk about stuff, maybe talk about you? Do you worry about who controls the narrative on, on the news? You ever worry about that? You ever try to control that? Ever try to like manage that by just kind of constantly checking what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? Here's the good news. Jesus Christ controls the only narrative that matters. He is the faithful witness. So what he's inviting us to do is to surrender our illusion of control of the, all the narratives that we are stressing out about. And just know, look, he is the faithful witness. He is the one telling the truth. You ever stress out about your life? Do you? Do you ever think that you can control your life if you try hard enough and if you manage it closely enough and if you control enough things and then I can control it? I do. I think, well, if I 
eat right enough, and if I exercise enough, and if I sleep right, and if I this, and if I that, I can probably live forever. And, and that's, I mean, you know that's wrong, I know that's wrong. There's all kinds of things that could go wrong. I, I tell you, I'm still surprised, I'm still surprised when someone is in the hospital and I hear that they have died. I'm still surprised by that because I think, aren't we in control of that? Like, can't we manage that? Don't we have medicine for that? Don't we have, aren't we, don't we have the technology that can control that? Look, we're not, we're not ultimately in control. But the good news is that he is, he is the firstborn of the dead. He has conquered sin and death. He is not the only born of the dead because someday we're going to be born from the dead, that we will rise again because he rose again. He's not the last born of the dead because he's, someday we will rise from the dead if we are in him. We have resurrection hope because he rose from the dead. So you would have peace. I would have peace if I surrendered my illusion of control over this life. You surrender control of the kings of the earth. You ever worry about what's going on in Washington, D.C.? You ever try to control what's going on in Washington, D.C. by scrolling through news story after news story after news story or watching news, the news channel, your favorite news channel, watching that all day long? I tell you, I get mad and I get afraid when I watch the news. I don't know about you, but I mean, it's just like... like it feels so out of control. You ever worry about what's going on in the Kremlin? You ever worry about what's going on in Lansing? Or, I, I don't know. What do you worry about? What are you trying to control? The kings of the earth. Like, we are not in control of them, and there's nothing we can do to control them. But he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. He has them under control. So here's what we do. We surrender our illusion of control to him. Do you see how peace comes through surrender, not worry? Do you see how peace... We, we receive peace when we say, Lord, you're in charge and I am not rather than if I try hard enough, I can control this. Do you, do you see the difference? Would you receive peace by just surrendering control to him? Because look, how much can you really control? How much can you really control? And, and, and should you? Like, like, should you be in control? Like, like we were talking about this I was pitching this idea to some people, and Cheyenne was there, and I said, you know, what if I could control everything? Would that be good? And she's like, no! <laughs> I mean, which of us should be in control? Even if we could be, we shouldn't be. So surrender to God. He's the one in control, and he's the only one that should be in control. So number one, because God is almighty, surrender control, and you will have peace in the present. Okay, now what about the past? What about the past? Because some of us, you know, we still have stuff in the past 
that comes up and bites us every once in a while. We don't like, what is, where did that, that's still coming back? Well, let's keep going here. So it started out with uh, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, from the seven spirits who stand before the throne, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, and then to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. He loves us. Look, it's not just that God is almighty. He is also all-knowing. So he knows everything that you have done everything that you are doing and everything you will do. And what does it say? What does the text say up there? He loves us. Hey, would you turn to the person next to you and say, he loves you. Okay, now turn to your second choice and say, he loves you. Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> he loves you. Look, he knows what you've done. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you're going to do in the future. And he loves you. He loves you. He proved it by dying on the cross from our, for our sins. He says, he has freed us from our sins by his blood. This is how he's proves when we have our doubts like if that's true that he loves us why am i going through what i'm going through if it's true that he is utterly in charge why am i going through what i'm going through and i'll tell you i don't know but i do know that he loves you i do know that and i know that because of the cross so number two Go free from sin because he has freed us. It's not something he tells you to do. Free your own self from sin. It's not something he, he says, try hard enough and get free from sin. No, it's he has freed us from our sins by his grace. So look, you might be going, I don't know, dude. You don't know me. There was this one time I committed this really, really big sin. And say, right. Welcome. Yes, that's true. I mean, all of us. He said, I don't know, it's a big sin, really big sin. Well, look, look at the text. By his blood. His blood is bigger and stronger and better than all of our sin, and there's no sin that he can't be washed away that he can't forgive. You might say, I don't know, dude, there's this one time I, created, I, I committed this really secret sin. I mean, no one knows. Well, do you think he doesn't know? He's the one who is and who was and who is to come. He knows and he loves you. You might be saying, well, there's this time I, created this, I, I committed this really big secret sin and now everyone knows and it's public and I feel all this shame. Go to him. Confess your sin. And he'll be faithful and just to forgive your sin. His grace is bigger and stronger and better than all of our sins. So confess it and go free. And you'll have grace for your past. There is grace for your past. There is grace for your past. There is grace 
for your past. So in the present, surrender control and you will have peace. When it comes to the past, there is grace for your past. Surrender to him as your savior. Ask him to forgive your sins. Now, but what about the future? This is what we've said before. You know, if you are standing before God and you say, why should I, and God says to you, why should I let you into heaven? And I hope what you'll say is, I hope what you'll say is, I have surrendered to you as Lord, you are Lord of my life, and I have asked you to forgive my sins, so all my sins are forgiven because of Jesus' blood, and I mean, I hope that's what you say, and God will let you in. You are my Lord, and you are my Savior. But if that, that's not what happens, and you get 10 more years, or 20 more years, or 30 more years, or 80 more years, or 90 more years, however, however much time you have left, what are you going to do with your life? What is your purpose? That's what we're going to talk about here in these next couple verses. And made us, so because he loves us and he forgave us, he made us a kingdom of priests. Okay, so let's talk about that word kingdom. One option that you have as a purpose for your life is to try to control everyone around you. And look at the people around you like pawns on your chessboard that you are trying to control. They're all part of your kingdom. And so you will work extremely hard to manipulate them and guilt them and exhort them and encourage them and reward them. And you'll do whatever you can to control everyone and everything around you. Is, it, is that a purpose worth living and dying for? Control of people? Is there any way you'll ever achieve peace trying to control people? I found that people are like cats. They're really hard to control. The other option is like to say, I am part of God's kingdom. He loves me like a son. He loves me like a daughter. I mean, I'm, I'm part of God's kingdom. I'm not going to try to control them. It's up to God to control them. I, I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. And just see myself as part of his kingdom, not other people as part of my kingdom. You know, I mean, you don't have to be part of God's kingdom if you don't want to, but if you are, you're saying, God, you are king of me. So I trust you to control what you're going to control. Priests to his God and Father. Priests serve God. Like what you could do for the rest of your life is just serve God rather than being self-serving. I mean, do you want to be self-serving and just point your whole life at collecting stuff? Like, would that be fulfilling? To have a really big collection and then when you die, have your kids try to figure out what to do with it? You've probably seen that happen. Try to live for this experience and that experience and like, get lots of posts and lots of likes here on this Instagram shot and that Facebook post. And it's like, is that worth living for and dying for? Man, serve God. Priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Instead of showing off for your glory, we'd live for his glory. So here's the thing. If you just, once he is your Lord and your Savior, you could give your life to serving him. And you would have purpose. You'd have purpose. You'd have something worth living for and dying for. 
So here's a question. What are you up against? What are you going through in the present? Would you surrender to him? Would you surrender it to him? Would you surrender your illusion of control to him? And you'll have peace. What's haunting you from the past? Would you go to him for grace? His blood is big enough and strong enough to wash it away. Would you like purpose for the future? Give your life to him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for how you love us and meet us where we are. Lord, I pray that you would give us peace for the present, grace for the past, and purpose for the future. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name.